Good day, this is Mark Pesci, and welcome to our fifth episode of Series 6 of This Week in Startups Australia. Our theme for Series 6, taking the Australian startup ecosystem from good to great, continues as we examine two outstanding startups pitching at the recent Launch Sydney event. Parent TV promises to give every parent the advice they need but don't know if they can trust. CryptoFlip combines one of the oldest pastimes, gambling, with some of the newest blockchain tech to produce a unique and very disruptive blend business model, one where the house never wins. When startups rewrite the rules on this episode of This Week in Startups Australia. This Week in Startups Australia is proudly sponsored by MYOB. Running a startup is pretty cool, but doing the books isn't. MYOB makes it easier. For your free trial, visit myob.com slash Twista. Twista is sponsored by the University of Technology Sydney, driving the next generation of entrepreneurs. UTS is equipping a new breed of startup founders by engaging, inspiring, and connecting driven students. If you'd like to mentor, invest in, or support our startups, email startups at uts.edu.au. Twista is also sponsored by Creative3. The future is creative. Seize it at Creative3 on the 14th of September in Brisbane. Learn more at creative3.co. It's one of those things that's always there when you don't need it and never there when you really do need it. And people get into situations all of the time where they don't know where to turn for the advice they need to solve the problem that they're having. Now, the Internet can be a good resource for this, but the Internet can also be a horrible resource for advice. And so we have learned over the years, I think, to be a bit careful about where our advice comes from, who we take it from, and when we give advice ourselves. Someone who has really probably cracked the DNA of this problem is Sam Jockler. Sam was one of the pitchers at the recent launch conference in Sydney. When I met her, she blew me away with her pitch for her startup called Parent TV. Sam, welcome to This Week in Startups Australia. Thank you, I'm very excited to be here. All right, so tell everyone what Parent TV is. Yeah, so Parent TV is a video streaming platform that brings together the world's leading parenting educators all in the one place uh, for parents in the moments where they really need some help on specific topics. So. Is it a one-to-one where the parent asks a question or is it something where there's a whole bunch of topics that have been covered and the parent looks up the topic in question and finds out what the expert has to say? Yeah, so think Netflix for parenting resources, but it's for the parents, it's not for the kids. 
Um, and our content are kind of two to five minute mini TED Talk style videos from these experts on specific topics that parents will go searching for. So how to talk to your kids about or how do you yeah. know if your child is or... Yeah, so all those different kinds of things. So it could be anything from I can't get my child to sleep at night to my husband or wife and I looking at separating. How do I talk to them about that? Or Nana's just passed away. How do we bring that up with our kid? Or, you know, something, an incident might have happened at school that they need some guidance on. So lots of different things. And our experts are all specialists in their niche field. So what we did was we went to them and told and asked them, what are your top 10 to 20 things that parents are coming to you about, about sleep or about eating issues with their kids or about behaviour issues? So what we know is when people come to Parent TV, they have these magic moments like, how did they know? How did they know that this is something that I was struggling with? Because you're not alone. Yes, exactly. And I think that... Um, Often you do feel alone as a parent and you wonder, oh, is it just me, my kid? Or maybe you just think a behaviour is normal when it's actually not normal and you have to um, go somewhere. Or you think it's normal, not normal when it actually is. And it actually is. is normal. It kind of goes both ways. Um, so, And what we know is actually developmentally for most children, it is quite similar kind of the stages that they go through. And there are lots of things that we do know that could be really helpful for parents to know if they just had a little bit of a heads up. So how many experts do you have now contributing content? Yeah, so at the moment, live on the site, we've got 15. We've got another five that are just about to be launched and we are just blowing this thing up. So shooting with lots of people all of the time and getting new ones coming on. Okay, so you now have NC so of the 15 experts and they have each contributed. I mean, so how much, how many different little tidbits are there on your site? Yeah, absolutely. So we have about 300 videos on our site at the moment. So our experts are people like paediatricians, psychiatrists, psychologists, occupational therapists, speech pathologists, um, dietitians, sleep consultants. So they're all... Um, so it's a range. It's a it wide range. It is a range. big wide range. So what we haven't done is gone and gotten the same type of person. We've specifically tried to get as broad a range of people as we could. Um, and now we're looking at specialising in more specific things like... Um, working with someone on co-parenting or just specifically bullying issues or eating disorders. So a lot of the general information is kind of covered and now we're starting to go a little bit more niche for issues that we know are affecting a lot of people, not all people, but, you know. And you know this because people are coming and asking for it? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things about me is for the last six years I founded a community online called School Mum that has 450,000 parents as a part of that community. Wow. And... I guess my job for the last six years has just been to listen. So I've just been listening to them. And, you know, online people talk a lot. And uh, <laughs> yes, if there's do. a problem, that they let you know what that is. Or, you know, um, a part of School Mum is very much so a community thing where people come and ask questions of other mums, um, which is kind of where the Parent TV thing was inspired because what I saw happening was lots of really good conversations happening between parents about what's normal, what's not normal, but there was this voice missing and that voice was that kind of trusted research-based voice. Like it is one thing for all of us to share our stories and give advice to each other, but the reality is um, I'm not actually a paediatrician and there could be something more going on here and you may actually need to talk to someone who knows a bit more than someone else who's just had an experience as a parent. So in a way we were able to bring that community and then we're trying to bring in that trusted expert voice so all together it kind of sits. And we can see there's almost a full circle going here because there was a period of time, and I'm as guilty of this 
probably more guilty than most people of believing that we passed the age of expertise. Yeah. But in fact, what we've discovered is that there's an additional role for experts to help sort of check the madness of the crowd. Oh, absolutely. And I think that this, I mean, I've even seen it in my own personal parenting. So I come to this having a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old and a 4-year-old um, and having been online a lot and gotten advice from people and talked to people, but there were some problems that I actually needed expert help with to solve with my kids. As almost all parents would. Absolutely. And um, I think it is actually really important, particularly in this day and age, of there being so much information on the internet that there are places we can just go check in and make sure that that information is actually good information. That's what I read online. What does Parent TV have to say about it? Yeah, so really it could be a good place to check in Mm. maybe with some of the things that you might be thinking or feeling. Um, And... I think that that's really important and that's, I guess, what we guarantee people. All of our people are research-based, educated people um, who, in my They're opinion... They're vetted. They are. They're vetted, um, are balanced. And people do say, yeah, well, what does that even mean these days because you can get research to back anything? They're right when they say that. But our people are also, they're tested by the crowd as well. So most of our experts have quite large social media profiles or media profiles mm. And for me, what that means is that the public, the crowd, you know, the average parent out there is following and engaging them. They aren't just because we can see it. We just go to their Facebook page. We listen to them. They are the people that um, the media is going to to get some information from. Um, And good people are leading to good people. That's the other thing that I've noticed for us. Experts tend to leave inside of networks of experts. Absolutely. Um, So Maggie Dent, our leading parenting educator for Parent TV, uh, the thing I've noticed the most is that because she is so revered and so well-loved and so well-known that other experts are like, if Maggie's in on this and if Maggie is backing this, then this has to be good because she is so quality and so well-known. So if you start with a gold standard expert... The other experts, almost like magnets, will, will orient to that and go, okay, wait, you started with someone we can trust, therefore, and so you inherit some of that trust. Yeah, absolutely. And she's working with us really specifically. Okay, so you have this gold mine of expertise. How do you translate that into a gold mine for a business? What's the business model there? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess having run School Mum and being within that social media marketing content world for the last six years, um, I was able to kind of look around and see what are people actually engaging and what's working. And for us, that looks like a subscription-based model. So things like um, Netflix, subscribing to Apple, Spotify, like these things are starting to become the norm. And for me, what that is about, I think, is people are getting over this advertising model where they're questioning all the content they're watching or they're just being bombarded with all this information because it's all based on um, selling and advertising or sales funnels. And they're looking for spaces where they can go and they don't have to deal with that. So we just interviewed the founders of Uvu who are making a, a, a play that puts videos inside of contextually relevant articles in news publications. And one of the things that the founder said is we're leaving the age where advertising is a numbers game and it's now about a trust game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's true. 
And um, the problem with advertising or the problem with being a publisher and having a platform that is reliant on advertising, it's your customer is actually that brand or that advertiser. It's it's not the viewer. No, it's not the viewer. But these subscription models mean that your customer actually becomes your viewer and it becomes about content and it becomes about making sure that they love you so much that they just want to keep coming back because you're really helping them. And so it really just flips everything on its head and that model really excites me um, and I think that it drives us to be the best that you can be. It well, means if you want to con- retain your customers, Absolutely. you kind of have to be. It means we have to be good. Yeah. It means we have to do exactly what we say we're going to do to our customer um, because they are who matter to us. Okay, so you have a subscription model. How does the subscription model work? Yeah, so we've got, we work B2B and B2C. So our subscription model is that a parent can sign up to Parent TV. Um, at the moment, we're doing that for $29 a year. Mm-hmm. So we're all about market penetration. We want to get as much of the market as possible, get out there and get as many parents signed up. So they pay an annual subscription to access all of our content, which is growing every single month, um, year on year, for $29 a year. We also work with schools and childcare centres. Um, so schools will subscribe to Parent TV on behalf of all of their parents and staff, and they get a school code that they can they then give their parents and they log in and get a free account sponsored by their school. And this also then means that parents have a resource besides going to the teacher and going, my kid has this problem, what do I do? Absolutely. So part of our research discovered that the place parents are going to ask for help are childcare centres and schools because they're rocking up there every day, picking their kids up and dropping them off. But those institutions are not equipped to be dealing with parenting issues They are there to educate our kids. So what we're doing for them is sitting in between that issue and giving them a resource that is trusted, that they can point parents to so that burden is lifted off them and it's done in a really efficient way with really great content. So they are loving it. Um, Yeah, the childcare sector and schools are really loving what we are doing. Okay. How do you grow this business? If I come back to you, and I suspect I will in 36 months, and you will be running a small child advice empire, how do you grow that business? What's the strategy there? For growing it from here, um, well, definitely we're looking international. So we're in the middle of raising a seed round at the moment, and we have lots of um, extremely interested investors that should be closed quite soon, actually. And really, we're just employing people and then we're going. So potentially partners in the US and in China, looking at scoping out those markets, bringing on some of... Is it going to be expensive in terms of getting the word out to parents or is this the kind of thing where it's going to work via word of mouth and be less expensive? Well, interestingly, I think it's going to be expensive in the early days where we crack our digital conversion. So I know that that's one of the big keys to Parent TV being successful is us cracking that. We are working on it already. There are some really good signs because it's it's genuinely an amazing offering for what we're doing and there's nothing like it. Um, and it's parents who are on things like Facebook looking for information. So once we've cracked that, essentially with things like Facebook advertising, it's kind of not that difficult to just start targeting different places as long as we can get experts on. We already have two, two US experts, two Canadian experts, We've got some connections into China now. Do you reckon that an American doesn't want to hear from an Australian expert? Well, here's the thing. There's another startup. Well, they're not a startup now. They're established four years on called FMTV, um, who Food Matters TV, who do a similar kind of thing to us, but they're health and wellness. They're based in Australia Mm -hmm. and they are quite large and they have said that they have had no issues whatsoever 
with the American market and them accepting. They do have American experts on as well, but our plan will be um, to get lots of American experts on anyway. So depending on what country you're in, when you log into Parent TV, you will see probably first some of the experts that are well-known to you within your country, but all of the content will be there and people can just kind of pick and choose. All right, so for all of the listeners who are parents, which is I think most of our listeners, how do they find Parent TV? Yep, you just go to parenttv.com. And we have a very amazing special on at the moment. It's $29 for one year's access. And um, that's not going to be that forever. But if you get in now, you actually lock that in for the rest of your parenting life, $29 a year. And um, that will never go up for you. And Parent TV is going to grow to be some to be an amazing resource. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited, Mark. I'm loving it. <laughs> the feedback's just been great. And Despite all the business models and all of the things that I've learned, the thing that I'm most passionate about is actually knowing that we can make a difference in families' lives and if parents can feel more connected to their kids, if the rate of suicide for our kids drops, if mental health issues decline because of this, then I've done my job. Sam, thank you very much for joining us on This Week in Startups Australia. No worries. Thank you for having me. MYOB saves businesses time, helps improve cash flow, gets invoices paid faster, gives real-time visibility of profit and loss, and makes payroll easy. With MYOB, you can create, send, and track customized invoices. This is awesome because Australian businesses can wait on average 43 days to get paid. With MYOB, your clients can pay you directly from your invoices. People who use the MYOB online invoicing solution get paid four times faster. MYOB software will let you know when you've been paid, then update the accounts. You don't have to lift a finger. MYOB's online solutions make pay runs quick and easy, ensuring all of your tax and super payments are compliant with the Australian Tax Office. You can save half a day every month on processing employee pay. MYOB's mobile app means you can create a quote on the job, send invoices straight from the app, and even get paid on the same day you invoice. 1.2 million businesses in Australia and New Zealand use MYOB. Startups, sole traders, and small businesses, all the way up to companies with hundreds of staff. Whatever your stage or size, MYOB has a solution for you. Twista listeners will get a free 30-day trial, and the first 50 people to sign up will also get $100 in cash. Go to myob.com slash twista for your free trial today. One of the fun things that I got to do at the recent Launch Sydney conference was I got to sit and judge a competition of crypto startups. And in some ways, this is kind of like shooting a fish in a barrel because most of these crypto startups are not particularly well thought out, particularly clear ideas. And it's pretty easy to ask some fairly devastating questions fairly quickly. And there were six different startups 
to my surprise and I think to the delight of the folks in the audience, most of them were reasonably well thought out ideas with varying levels. But there is one of them that was head and shoulders above the rest because not only was it a clear idea that was explained clearly to the judges, there was a live demonstration of it actually working and it worked live on stage. And frankly, that's the first time I've probably ever seen that. And of course, that company was strong enough in its presentation and in its live demo that it managed to walk away with the first prize. That company was CryptoFlip, and we are now talking to Max Kenny, who is the founder and CEO. Max, welcome to This Week in Startups Australia. Thank you very much for having me. So tell us about CryptoFlip. So CryptoFlip, uh, you know, all the buzzwordy terms I'm about to use in my ex- explanation aside, uh, is, is using blockchain technology for really what its intended purpose is, which is solving trust between peers. Um, so we're using... Uh, the- so if I don't know you from Adam, and yes. I have no reason to trust you because I don't know you, the blockchain can sit there as, in, as the thing that guarantees trust between the two of us. Exactly. So when we looked at trust uh, and established industries that need it solved, gambling stood out as one that has a massive trust issue. Uh, where- because the house classically always wins. Yes, People don't the, house, trust the house. Exactly. The, the house always wins. Uh, it's, it's engineered to take your money. And it hides in a black box where you have zero transparency into how it's coming to whether or not you you win or lose. Uh, and it, it literally profits when you don't win. So uh, we sort of delved into that uh, and, and looked at how we could use the blockchain to take the house out of the picture entirely. All right. So if you think about it, so the house being a casino and, of course, there have been – reports, and I think we'll call those unsubstantiated reports, that there have been tampering with the black box features in some of the pokies, in some of the casinos in Australia. And of course, this raises a whole bunch of questions. But that's always going to be a question whenever you approach any machine where you can't inspect the code, where you can't trust the party who did the programming. So why can we now trust the way CryptoFlip works if we couldn't trust the way a pokey works? So the way we leverage the blockchain is that we use real-time player and wager data all hashed together um, to give us a seed. And and that seed is then used through a random process to come out with a result for each game. So on our platform, players are matched up together with an equal chance of taking each other's money. Right. So basically a coin flip. Exactly. Heads I win, tails you win. Exactly. So we both come in with $100 um, and and if it's heads, you win. So... Um, the the platform operates on a on a model similar to that of an exchange where you take a fixed percentage of of total volume, and that affords us the ability to remain agnostic in in who wins on each game. Because so, so that means that if I win, then a certain percentage of my winnings are given to you as the facilitator for the game. Exactly. Okay. So so call it one percent. All right. We would take one percent, uh, and then we use that one percent. Um, to uh, give rewards back to players, have achievements, um, cover operational costs of the platform. All right, but but hold on here. Let's say that I've just lost the hundred bucks in a flip with you. Yes. How do I know that I've legitimately lost it? How can I know for sure that this game isn't rigged? Yes. So um, the the blockchain, in, in in simple terms, is a list of transactions. Um, and and it's copied in tens of thousands of places around the world, um, and anyone can go into the history of the entire Ethereum blockchain and verify any transaction. So the the logic that that is used to determine who wins 
is recorded immutably on the blockchain. Um, so if, if we matched up and I lost and you won, I'd be able to go back to the blockchain. And see it carved tra- in stone. Exactly. Right. A- and see exactly how the outcome was determined. So there's no more guessing. Right. You can see the logic that, that was applied to um, the code used. Um, and, and verify that, yes, in fact, uh, I did lose and this is how the platform came to that outcome. All right. So this makes all of the things visible that were previously invisible. And because they're visible, they can be inspected. And because they can be inspected, they can be trusted. Exactly. All right. So a coin flip is, I guess, probably the lowest common denominator of a game yes. in that sense. Can you build other kinds of games using the same technology? We can. So it's, it's intentionally simple. Um, it's, it's, it's simple in that most people have flipped a coin um, and, and it is a binary outcome. It's, it's either heads or tails. So we're using that to prove this peer-to-peer model. Mm-hmm. Um, the benefits of, of the blockchain being used inside the platform go beyond uh, outcome transparency. It, it also goes to, in this model, we don't have to bankroll jackpots. So if, if a player wants to bet big, we don't have to have the money to, to, to pay them out. So if, if you but, would, but they're going to have to find another player who wants to bet big. Exactly. So, so the wager is only activated... Uh, if if there's enough money on the other side of the table right. to cover your bet. So right. you know that if, if your bet is on, we've already got the money of your opponent or opponents. Okay, so the other opponents could pool together. It's exactly. like, oh, this guy wants to bet a quarter million dollars and we'll all pool together so we can get some yes. share of that. Yes, yeah. All right. And, and we've got an automated process through which we will match uh, in a one-to-many relationship. But the beauty of that is that if you did want to bet big, um, on online gaming sites, you know, if, if you were to bet a million dollars, you'd have to hope that they have the million dollars in the bank to give to you right. if you win. Otherwise, and if you'd you, break the house. Exactly. And then it, if you did, um, there are many instances online reported through particularly the Black Friday event uh, in, in America with poker where people were winning, but they never received their payout. So with this model, the trust in uh, in the, in the handling of the funds is is also solved. Well, you can't play the game unless both parties have shown that they have the stakes to be able to play the game. Not only that, it's it's also They've been committed in, in 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 locked uh, in in short term escrow right. on the chain of the the Ethereum network. So so there's no way to be able to sort of renege on the bat in entirely. That sense. Yeah. Okay. So All there's right. that. And then also the game model itself, being peer-to-peer wagering, can be applied to any game that you'd play against another person. So we've got a few games in the, in the pipeline. Um, so one I, could, I could be playing Battleship or Risk or... Exactly, or Rock, Paper, Scissors. Right. But you've got 10 grand on the outcome. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, or Tic-Tac-Toe, right. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, yes, we are launching with a very simple game, but it is only proving the model. So from that, we then branch out and, and can apply the, the core logic that we've developed for handling the funds and determining the outcome um, to a range of games. So if you move back from where we're playing, which is sort of unconventional games in the gambling space, and you move back to poker, we use the same uh, randomness generation protocol to determine the, the order of the cards in the deck. So, you know, we could do five-card draw. Everyone plays on a round. There's a pot in the middle, and the highest hand takes the pot. So, um, yes, we have got a, a wide range of games uh, planned, and we're using community feedback to drive the order in which each of those are being built. 
Does this represent an entirely new model for how the house operates in gambling? Uh, Yes. So we are challenging the house-based casino model almost directly. Um, if, If a player knew that they could either go to a slot machine, put some money in and hope they get some back, not knowing what the odds are of, of, of winning compared with the platform where they retain the control of their money or they have it locked in the blockchain. They know what the odds are of winning um, and they know that a player will always win. Um, our view is that uh, the the addressable market that, that we have ahead of us goes beyond those that are currently gambling. Which is how much right now in terms of online? Uh, so the, the total uh, gaming market around the world is close to – it's just a little bit over $500 billion. Yeah. Um, online uh, using crypto is about $46 billion. Okay. Um, so, you know, the, the, it's a sizable market. Uh, online – wagering with crypto is tenfold larger than the marketplaces that trade in crypto. <laughs> That's a really interesting figure right there. It is, but but a lot of these operators are doing it from the fringes of mm. society as pirates, uh, not disclosing who they are. Well, okay, but now this brings up a question because gaming, gambling is among the most regulated areas of any economic activity. Yes. So how do you negotiate that side of it? Yeah, so our view on that was that we would involve the people that are leading the fiat-based regulatory compliance for the largest gambling companies in the world uh, to assist us in in our journey. As a founder, when I started out with this as a concept, I wasn't going to sign up for challenging casinos uh, if I didn't have the the best help available. Gambling isn't new. Uh, no. It's a very established industry. It might be like the second or third profession. <laughs> we don't really know. Yeah. Um, so, so I contacted uh, the ex-CEO from Betfair, the ex-head of operations from Paddy Power, um, and they both said yes to coming on and helping me uh, in tackling this, this, this problem. Uh, and, and through them – and, and fundamentally disrupting their industry. Yes. Yeah. I think I, I sort of won them over because uh, what I was talking about doing is, is something that luckily both of them had always wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, which is to – uh, provide more benefits to the players than was currently uh, possible. So through these guys came a lot of uh, strategic knowledge and also connections with the people I would need to to do this at, at the level I would need to. Uh, and through that, uh, one of the people that have joined the team um, is or was the global head of regulatory compliance for the Betfair Group. So he's arguably uh, one of the most skilled in his field. Right. Um, I actually managed to pull him out of, I guess, what you, what you would call retirement uh, to to assist with this. But um, beginning to sound like an, an Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. We're going to knock, knock over the casinos, but we're going to take this guy out of retirement because he knows where the money is. Um, yeah. All right. So so you have to focus on regulatory compliance. I assume that. It, are you doing this on sort of on a nation-by-nation nation basis that you have to do this or is there some sort of international format for being able to do that? Yeah, so Games of Chance and online casinos uh, is an industry that, um, you know, it, it, it uh, is, is quite large in Europe mm. and the UK. Mm-hmm. So those are our launch jurisdictions. We've got a company incorporated in Gibraltar, mm-hmm. um, which holds all the IP. Um, Gibraltar and- is in the EU? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
but through that entity, we can get a, a remote gaming license from Gibraltar and a UK gambling commission license for the UK. Because it's actually part of the EU and part of the UK. Yeah, yeah. So, at, so, at least for the moment. Yes. So Gibraltar is... is uh, Unique in that it, it is in that uh, sort of jurisdictional situation. But so, it, does, so does this mean that an Australian can or cannot legally play the game? So uh, for these purposes, no. Right. No, we don't plan to offer the game here. Uh, it's in a bit of a grey area um, and we are trying and planning to do everything uh, as as above board as as possible, but it's an Australian startup that, because of the way the laws are structured in Australia, won't be able to operate its services in Australia. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think that's an interesting point. It's not surprising, but it it does it does note that maybe in some ways this will act as a forcing function for changing Australian legislation. Potentially. A lot of the guys on the team were involved in lobbying, particularly the US government, mm-hmm. um, with with their recent regulatory changes. Um, so these are guys that have been involved in uh, um, those sorts of talks before. Okay. Where do you see yourselves on your growth path over, say, the next 24 months? Uh, so right now we've we've built uh, a free play version of the game. So the game. And this is the thing we saw demonstrated on stage at launch. Yes, yes, exactly. So people are playing with, uh, I guess you'd call them points, which are an ephemeral unit of account. Right. Um, and how, how can people play this game? Uh, so uh, if you head to CryptoFlip. Dot it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can sign up there. Um, and we'll put that on the website as well, so don't, you don't have to remember that. Okay. Um, yeah, so head on over to, to sign up for that. We're going to be releasing a, a token tournament um, where players sign up for free, that okay. they get to wager against each other in 10-minute uh, tournament rounds, um, and the winner at the end of the tournament round gets to claim um, – a portion of tokens that we'll issue to them um, during public distribution of our token sale. Um, okay, so, so you're heading toward a token sale. Yes. Right. Yeah. And the token sale will then end up funding you the operations of the business as you grow. Exactly. Yeah. All right. um, okay, so in 24 months, what are you looking at? What, what's, your, what's your strategy? What do you want to be doing in 24 months? Uh, so we're in a position now, uh, if, if the funding round continues uh, as it is currently, we'll be in a position to have this uh, ready by the end of the year. So the licenses um, are by far the longest thing in our timeline. Um, we're getting an early start on that um, because the tech from where it is now will probably only be two or three months before we're ready to, to offer this. Then the, the only thing stopping us will be making sure that we can do it legally. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be holding out for that. Um, but our approach to raising uh, is is one that's been quite different from most other crypto-based platforms where the norm in the market currently is to uh, raise $100 million uh, and then talk about what you're going to build for the next two or three years. Right. What we're trying to do is, is solve for that executional risk by building first, demonstrating our uh, executional ability, uh, and then raising off proven traction, not the other way around. Max Kenny, thank you very much for joining us in This Week in Startups Australia. Thank you very much for having me. Entrepreneurship. It's the heart of the student experience at the University of Technology, Sydney. 
with almost half of UTS students wanting to create their own jobs or start their own companies. Equipping students with the tools to become entrepreneurs has become critical to their success. Sydney's leadership and strength as Australia's largest startup ecosystem requires a steady, well-supported pipeline of entrepreneurial talent. Working at the heart of this ecosystem, UTS plays a critical role, inspiring and connecting thousands of talented students into that pipeline. UTS is committed to ensuring a thriving and growing base for the startup sector, investing heavily in this future today for Australia's tomorrow. Get in touch. Email startups at uts.edu.au to find out more. We recently launched a new segment for Series 6 of This Week in Startups Australia, asking all of the many incubator and accelerator programs running all across the country to spruik their programs to twist the listeners in their own words. This week, we're hearing from Mark Kostowski, CEO of Creative Enterprise Australia. They run a fashion tech accelerator. Take it away, Mark. My name is Mark Kostowski, Chief Executive of QT Creative Enterprise Australia, and we run Australia's only fashion accelerator, a six-month fashion accelerator program focused on supporting emerging designers that are really wanting to take their new fashion labels, national and international, into global markets. We've been running the Fashion 360 Accelerator for about five years now. Each intake has about six fashion label or fashion designers come through. They have access to industrial machinery, business mentors, business coaching, a full-time ER program, and it finishes with a pretty awesome demo day with fashion designers, models, hair, makeup, runway, and, of course, business pitches that make up most demo days. The reason we run this program is because we know that fashion designers really need support in business structuring, how they actually work with supply chains, manufacturers, pattern makers, and then how they work with retail and e-commerce. And the Fashion 360 Accelerator looks to all of those components to support fashion designers. We have around about six designers each cycle go through, from everything from baby wear right through to high-end corsetry. So anything you can think of that is unique and novel in a market is right for Fashion 360. The next intake for the Fashion 360 Accelerator will be November 2018, and you can go to qtcea.com to find out more information. Creative 3 is back for 2018, and once again, I'll be your MC. This year, Creative 3 looks a little bit different. September the 14th will be the night of nights for creatives, a three-course dinner celebrating the trailblazers, disruptors, thought leaders, and futurists. Creative 3 is designed for and by creative enterprise professionals to address some of the key challenges facing the industry, offering the rare opportunity to contribute to these important issues with some of the best creative minds on the planet. The future is creative. Seize it. Save your spot at the table at creative3.co.
get to hear a lot of startup pitches, and most of them fall short in one way or another. That's not a bad thing. It means the founders still have more to learn about their product, about their market, about their business. But every so often, you hear a pitch, and it's pitch perfect, crystal clear, easy to understand, and easy to explain to someone else. Both Parent TV and CryptoFlip fall into this very special category. Ideas so simple and so subtle that you grasp them almost immediately, even if you can't quite see how to make them real. But these founders, they understand the businesses they're in. They know how to transform the single pure idea into a sustainable business. That's a rare quality, and even though their startups couldn't be more different, it's a quality that Sam Jockel and Max Kenny share. It's a quality I look for in an entrepreneur, because that's the sign a startup will beat the odds and succeed. Big thanks to Twista sponsors MYOB, UTS, and Creative3. Their support makes our podcast possible. Thanks to the studio at the Sydney Startup Hub for providing the amazing facility where we record this week in Startups Australia. It's the place for creative tech. Find out more at thestudio.org.au. Thanks to Sam Jockel, Max Kenny, and Mark Ostowski for joining us on this episode. Now, when I was at an event in Queensland last week, someone said they really liked the podcast, but that the website was an embarrassment. Well, I'd known about that. And last month, we rebuilt and relaunched our website at TWIStartupsAUS.com. It's got everything. It's got all of the shows, all of the interviews, all of the photos, all of the links to all of the stories. Check it out. It's brand new at TWIStartupsAUS.com. We'll be back next week talking about the future of Sydney as the startup hub in Australia. Until then, this is Mark Pesci thanking you for listening to This Week in Startups Australia. 